And so, we have these verbs that tell us what God has done, not what we need to memorize, but think about, yes, but it's his action. Who is this God that Paul worships? This is a prayer. And so he says he's a blesser. He blessed us. He's a chose us. He predestined us for adoption. He drenched us. He lavished on us. And last week, we got to the present tense. He's making known to us the mystery of his will, what he's up to. And to today, we get to where he unites it together. Now, as I was getting ready for this verb, I had not added it all up, I hadn't connected the dots, that this verse could be the core verse of the whole book of Ephesians. In fact, if Dr. Schreiner, who's in Louisville, Kentucky, wrote a book on the book of Romans that thick, and he says this verse is the verse of all of Paul's life. And so my prayer as I've thought about being with you together today is God just help us catch how important It is of what Paul is trying to lay out of what he's captured. So let's go back to the setting. Remember where he is. He's in prison. He's locked up. And he's writing to a church that are friends. He he knows this church in Ephesus. And Timothy, the disciple that he spent a lot of time with, is there as the pastor. And so he's letting these people know what can carry him through a prison sentence. How can he be there and be okay? Locked up for his faith. And so he started with those verbs, those six that I've already gotten to, and he gets us to verse 7, verb 7, where he says, Now, making known to us the mystery of his will according to his purpose. So this purpose that God has, that he's going to say in other places, People before him didn't know. I mean, the whole Jewish, all those Jewish people in Israel, and now they're scattered all over. There's Jews in in present day Italy. There's Jews in Greece. There's Jews in Turkey. There's Jews in what's present day Russia. They're clear over as far as Iran and Iraq. All those people, they don't get it. They don't know what Paul is going to begin to talk to us about, about that mystery that God has. For all of mankind. Bottom line is he cares for all of us. That's the mystery. The mystery is God knows every one of us. Not just the Jewish people he chose to send the message through. He knows us all. And so that mystery that he's making known according to his purpose. Which he set forth in Christ. So as God was planning that purpose of what he wants to do. He says I'm going to do it. In him, I've chosen you in him. I've destined you for adoption into the family with him. So it's all about the with him. And so that's set forth in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time. Now, this word plan is a good word. I'll just be honest with you. I wish life was a little bit different, okay? And here's what I wish. I wish I lived in Emporia. 
because I am enjoying getting to know you, and you, we, we just don't have a lot of table time together. Because this afternoon, I've got stuff I need to do in Topeka. I'm going to get my car, go to Topeka. Tomorrow, I'm headed off to Nebraska for two days. And I just miss getting to know each of you personally. But I can tell you, if you'd come to our house, the place that, where it kind of all comes together at 2912 Southwest Greenridge Street in Topeka is our kitchen table, our dining room table. It's right there off the kitchen because at that table is where you're going to hear Priscilla and I talk about the management of our house. You know, what are we going to do this week? Who's coming over? Who who'd you in, John, what did you do? Who did you invite for supper on Tuesday? You mean I've got to come home and get everything right? The management of our household between the two of us takes place there at the dining room table. And guess what? If I'd come to your house... I discover the same thing of how you're managing life. Well, as Paul is locked up in prison, this is what he's telling us. He's saying that in Christ, there is a plan for the fullness of time. That plan means household management. It means that God can take care of his plan that he has for every one of us for the fullness of time. Now, fullness of time. You know what is such a great illustration about the things that happen in time are Mary's story to us this morning. Remember she said that she was out in Burkina at some little village. What was his name? Who's the pastor? Pascal. Say French. Mimi si jue lugiaki French. Mimi na jue lugiaki Swahili. So I know Swahili. I don't know those crazy French words. So Pascal, and they're, they're just sitting there. She's there doing her thing, encouraging ethnomusicology. And he's playing his guitar, and he says, hey. And he hears her play, and he says, do you play with other people? Now, do you realize how small of a little thing that is? Just one question in time and what Mary did was listen to the question. And she said, gosh, that's a nice idea. Yeah, I probably ought to do that. And did you hear her story of how after that one question, life just unfolded and unfolded? And now today we're praying for the two, the lady who's come to know the Lord, Muslim background, and then the other guy, both names I forgot. Anyway, the other guy who's not. But do you realize what we just heard in here about how the Word of God the good news of who Jesus is that she talks about is somewhere talking to a Muslim guy and he's listening? You realize how unusual that is? Just come to my world and be around places where we bump into Islam and they are not interested in hearing about what we have to say. And how God used that one little thing in her life to get her where she is today? That's one story. Let's just think about this room. Can, as she asked you to think about what are those key places in your life where God's done something to you or spoken to you and then things happen afterwards. You see, that's the fullness of time of what God wants to do in our lives. He is a manager, a household. He's taking care of his household of faith. He's taking care of that grace 
that revealing of the goodness that he wants to give to us. Folks, he can manage that well, and he's managing it through events in our lives. And in the fullness of time, you begin to get all of those events pulled together. And so, just in this room alone, do you realize how many stories there are of your lives? I mean, every one of us have got life experience. And those stories that you have of when you were getting ready to go to school. Now, I heard one, we were down at the Global Leadership Summit in Wichita, and by the way, y'all, I am so glad this church supports that. They have done well. That was a quality two days learning about leadership and heard the story of Erwin McManus, who's a major pastor in Los Angeles. Great story. He's an El Salvadoran with a mom. His life story is his name, Erwin McManus, isn't who he is at all. They just picked two random names, gave him those names as an adopted kid. And so he's trying to discover who he is in Christ. It was a great story. But I'm saying, we're all like that. We've all got those little tiny pieces of life that happen to us that explore, we can discover how God's at work in us, revealing what he wants through us as he blesses us, he chooses us in Christ, he predestined us for that relationship of adoption, he drenches us, he lavishes on us, and all the time he's making known to us his plan. You realize how complex that's getting? And that's getting complex over every event in your life and my life in this room. Now, you just stop and think how long it would take to hear everybody. I mean, Mary was kind. She said, do we want to tell the story right now? Ask me if we had time. No, we don't have time. Do you realize how much time it would take just to do this room? And then you start to think about, okay, all of Emporia. Think about all those college kids that are coming this week. They're already here. If some of you that get Garen's newsletter, I got it this morning, and I saw all those countries. I mean, no joke. On my little email thing, it's a list about that long. Country after country after country after country that's coming to Emporia, Kansas. And you realize their life stories. I mean, I love to meet the international students. I met one of them this morning who's been here five years. And now she's coming to the English service. She's Korean background. Do you realize all the, the networking? Her dad's a pastor in Korea. And here she is in Emporia, Kansas, a part of this church. All those little pieces of the story that get pulled together in Emporia. Now let's just take it out to the United States. No, no, let's don't go to the United States. Let's go to Africa. Let's go from South Africa up to Egypt, clear over to Burkina Faso, clear down there to the Congo, clear down there to Namibia, the best kept secret in Africa, Namibia. And you get all that piece of Africa and imagine all those stories. And that's just today. Now let's go back in time. What about all the stories on 9-11? I can tell you exactly, exactly where I was on September the 11th, on the day that the two planes hit the towers. You do too. What about some of us in this room that got the hair I got? Remember November 22nd, 1963? I know exactly where I was. And let's just keep going back. What about, let's go back further. What about the Russian Revolution? 
what happened and how they began to change the face of the earth. What happened before that? What, let's, let's go back, gosh, let's go back to the Reformation when Luther's nailing that thing on the, on the church wall and how life changed, major change that came after that. Well, let's just keep going on back. What about the crucifixion and all the stories we get from there? Well, keep going back. What about the prophets and Jeremiah and Isaiah and Ezekiel and their What about David? And we see a king that God set apart that changed the face of the earth, changed the Jewish people to get ready for that man to come. But before David, what about Abraham? Before Abraham, what about Noah? And before Noah, what about Adam? And you take all of those stories of life, and now we're starting to talk about the fullness of time. And brothers and sisters, we're only here today. It ain't, it's not over. You realize what's going on in your life. You came in here. By the way, thank you for coming. Uh, I got lost. The streets have changed one more time to get to 12th Avenue. <laughs> I'm glad you're here. You took a different way to get here. I couldn't get here the normal way I come today. There's a roadblock. That's just life right now, right now. And we've got this afternoon, and we've got tonight, and we've got tomorrow. And you stop to think about what is the fullness of time with all mankind. We're talking a pretty big story. And why this encourages me, let's don't forget where this is written. You've got a guy who's a major leader of the Christian faith, and he's locked up in jail. And all kinds of stuff is going on outside of those cell walls, out away from Rome where he's locked up. And he's saying, I can trust the God who can manage his glory. Because he's at work in the fullness of time. Way back there and to where she all ends. That plan, that household management that he's got of his story and his glory, I can trust him. And so as Paul's sitting there saying, he's saying, which in Christ as a plan for the fullness of time to unite all things. Now, what's so interesting, I do this every week. You know the word unite? It's only used two times. Now, it's not like, remember when I did the one about drench? That one's only, that's, we don't have an angel word today. In fact, it's kind of a weird word that he uses one other place. Paul uses it twice. Matthew, Mark, Luke, John. Peter, nobody else uses it, just Paul. But in Romans chapter 9, no, chapter 13, sorry, chapter 13, verse 8 and 9, he uses the word unite. So let me read these so you can kind of see what's going on in Paul's head as he's thinking about how in the world is God going to unite everything of the fullness of time. So here's what he says. He says, Owe no one anything except to love each other. For the one who loves another has fulfilled the law. 
for the commandments, you shouldn't commit adultery, you shall not murder, you shall not steal, you shall not covet, covet, and any other commandment, they're all summed up in this word, there it was. They're all summed up in the word love. So he's trying to help the Roman church realize that while all those commandments, all ten of them, and he says all those commandments, you can pull those commandments together. They'll sum up together to the word love. Love one another. Don't owe anybody anything else except love people. And he says you've got the commandments pulled together to one simple concept. And so that that idea of pulling together, adding it up. That's another way we could translate it. God is going to add up all the glory, all the ways that He's spoken to all the people in all time. He's going to pull that together to be united in Him. And that ought to give us hope. And here's why. Because we live today. Let me I'll just remind you, you are living in time. And you walked in, all those experiences that happened this morning, and all the experiences are going to happen tonight and beyond. In the time we live in, where we're at right now in life, there's some, some of you that are going through some very, very difficult things. You all know in this church there's several right now that have got illness that's got a huge question mark behind it. Dealing with cancer that's unbelievable. Dealing with stroke. Dealing with health. And I don't know the answer. But you know what? We do know. We know the one who with all that full amount of time, everything that's going on in those lives, that's going to pull together to make sense. It's going to add up to his glory. A couple of weeks ago, I told you about Ben, Nick Ripkin's boy, who in Nairobi suffered from asthma and died. His dad tried everything he could to, to help him breathe with asthma that took his life. We don't know the answer. Ben's buried in Nairobi, my son's best friend in junior high. And yet we don't know all of that, but we do know that the one who has the fullness of time is able to draw that all together to his glory. The things on earth, and now here's a whole world none of us know, and the things in heaven. I've told you about the creatures with all the weird eyes that they just can't stop talking. They just can't stop. Ever since they were created, they just look at the glory of God. They look at him and just say, holy holy. And they don't stop saying that. Their little piece, plus the angels that come and go and bring messages, you know, the angels are messengers from heaven. All that we have never seen, plus all that we have seen in the fullness of time, all of that is going to be pulled together and added up to His glory. And so what I want to do is I want to take you to where Jesus shows us that. This is Paul. Paul's locked up in a prison cell, and he's thinking about life. But guess what? Jesus was ahead of him. Turn your Bibles to John 17. John chapter 17, 
I have three minutes to do this. John 17 is the longest prayer we get from Jesus. It's what it's written in your Bible, probably, the high priestly prayer. I don't like that title. I like the title, It's the Lord's Prayer. We get to hear his heart praying. And you get down in John chapter 17, in verse 25, it should be a new paragraph. Because Jesus is praying over us. He's praying over the disciples. He's praying over everything he's done. And as he gets to the end of that prayer, I want you to know when we get to him, we're going to see how important. You talk about things pulling together. She's all come together right there. At that point in time where Jesus is done praying for all the disciples, everything he's done, he's praying for us, he's, already, he's praying for everybody who believes after these men, that's us. And then he stops. And in verse 25, he says, O righteous Father. Now I want you to know that Jesus understands the fullness of time. He was eternal. He is eternal. But he gave up all the power, all the stuff he had in heaven to come to earth. And he was living there at that moment. Judas has already left. The soldiers with their boots on are already marching to come and get him. Jesus knows what he's going to face, and he's going to tell the Father in prayer. He's going to say, Father, will you take this cup? I just don't think I can do it. But your will be done. And as he looks up into heaven, he names him. He says, O righteous Father. Now, that's the God who can pull all things together and unite it together to make sense of life. It's going to get added up for His glory. It's going to be added up to show us that we have a loving Father who blesses us, who chooses us, who destines us for adoption, who drenches us, who lavishes on us, who makes it known together, and the one who's going to pull it together to unite it. That's the God that Paul worshipped, and I pray you know. The good thing is, he knows everything about every one of us. And some of you, maybe at that very beginning part where you're saying, well, maybe, maybe this church stuff is worth coming around. I want to invite you. Don't give up. Keep, keep pursuing getting to know him. Some of you have been in this room, been doing that for a long time. Sometimes you get tired. It's not the way it used to be. And guess what, church family? It's, we're going into the future. 12th Avenue in Emporia is going to be different than it was a year ago just because that's the way life is. But we have the O oh, righteous Father with us. And so to end our time, I'm going to ask you to stand and I'm going to pray. I'm going to talk to this righteous Father, this one who can pull it all together, this one who over the fullness of all time knows everything. He is managing His glory well. He is the one that's inviting you, inviting me, to get to know Him. And I want to ask you to just pray along with me, if you would. If it makes sense to you what I'm saying, you just echo it in your heart as we talk to Him. And then after our prayer, I'll have a word of benediction. So let's pray.
Our Father in heaven, we thank you for allowing us to hear and to in some way experience the goodness that you poured out through your son when he was here. And Father, to hear him look at your face, even though he knew he was facing the cross, pain we do not understand, to be separated from you for us. And he looks at you and says, Oh, righteous Father. Father, today we want to know you better. We want to have hearts that are looking to you for the answers. You say that over all the events and all the story of life, the fullness of time, you are the one that can pull it together to make sense. And Father, we ask you to do that in our lives. And Father, we, we want to submit ourselves to you as the one who can make life make sense. And so teach us those paths of righteousness that you've created for us to walk in. We want to walk with you. For it's in your son's name we pray. Amen. And so church, in the book of Corinthians, here's what Paul would, I think, have to say to us today. You see, therefore, my beloved, my beloved brothers and sisters, be steadfast, be immovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, knowing that in the Lord your labor is not in vain. Go and be the church.